Welcome to Second Vision. How many of you have had a plan or a dream for your life that just didn't turn out the way you had hoped? Like the old Yiddish saying, man plans and God laughs? I know this to be true in my own life because I came to Hollywood with a dream of becoming an actress and a host. But things changed for me along the way. I discovered that I had a condition called retinitis pigmentosa that would take part of my eyesight. And through many years of loss, I discovered that I could still have perfect vision, even with poor eyesight. And that's why I developed a system called Second Vision, in order to help you take a new, fresh look at your life, no matter what your circumstances, whether it's a job loss, financial loss, a health issue, a disability, whatever obstacle or roadblock is in your way. Instead of standing there and banging your head against the wall and trying your same old plan that hasn't worked, you really need to take a new, fresh look and get the freedom and fulfillment that you so deserve. And this is why I created Second Vision. Hello, I'm Kristen McDonald, and welcome to the show. Did you know that adversity can actually make you grow? My guest today will tell you that every obstacle that she's ever encountered in her life has actually been a catalyst for positive change. Sharon Nash is the author of Sex and Money, Live the Life That You Choose. And Sharon is an author, a speaker, and also a life coach. And she developed her own system to help other people with their personal finances and their relationships after she got herself out of a bad, abusive marriage. And Sharon is also, she also writes a weekly column called Let's Talk, and she's appeared on numerous talk shows and radio programs, and she's spoken at almost over 200 venues, and I'm really delighted to have her with us today. How are you, Sharon? I am good. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Your your whole uh, platform is right up our alley here at Second Vision. Yeah, people often say, you know, sex and money, well, oh, those apply to me. <laughs> I've, I've yet run into someone and go, yeah, I, I don't deal with either of those. <laughs> well, I mean, don't they say that this is the, you know, these are the things that people always argue about in marriages, it, is sex absolutely. and money. It's not absolutely. politics. It's usually their finances. Yeah, and, and the sad thing is it really is, it really starts with the communication. It's like, why is it we feel like we can't communicate to one another say what we really feel, or maybe is it because we don't really know what we feel yet? Possibly. Well, well tell us first a little bit about your backstory. Uh, you, you said you were in an abusive marriage yourself. Yeah. I, I thought I was living life like everyone else did. I would look at people and I would think, now, are, are they, is that couple happy or are they just pretending like, you know, we did? I was married at 19, and I, you, you think that you're marrying for love, but I came out of a, an abusive house, and so I didn't know any different. I went into a relationship from the moment the ring was on the finger. I, I was not treated well. And 19 and, is so young. I mean, it is really, very young. You're just, you're, you're just kind of making your way in the world, you know? Yeah, and what I look at is each one of us makes decisions based on where we are in life and with the knowledge that we have. So those decisions aren't necessarily right or wrong. There wasn't anything screaming to me, don't do this, don't do this. Um, it was maybe better than where I was at. But throughout the years, I I started devouring self-help books. I tried changing me so much just to make this person happy. And the more I changed, the more unhappy he got. It's like if I was in better shape he wasn't happy with that. You know, if I would go out, um, I'd have my hair done, and I would look amazing, I'd make, I would look hot, and he would like, 
are you actually wearing that out? <laughs> and I would just... He was threatened. Yeah. yeah. And the sad thing is he was actually also a minister in the church. And so it, because of my background, I felt like this person was my choice. Therefore, I have to learn what I need to do to survive. And it wasn't until one day he gave me an ultimatum to turn over everything, submit to his authority or leave, that the light bulb went on in me. And I'm like, okay, cool. Now, so I literally handed him everything and I became homeless. So the, this was your aha moment. Yes. And at that time, I had been married 23 years. Now, were you physically abused? Um, towards the end, and it wasn't like outright, there's eight forms of abuse before physical or sexual abuse happen. And in our relationship, all 10 were happening. And sometimes a person can be physically just outright punch you, or they can use passive aggressive where um, you happen to be carrying something with them and they run you into the wall or they, you know, scrape you or step on you or knock you to your knees with something they're carrying. Good <laughs> Supposedly Lord. by accident. But yet they would just keep walking on as if nothing happened. And he was a minister. Yeah. And um, so we we saw early on that just because, you know, one of my favorite sayings was, you know, just because someone calls themselves a Christian doesn't make them one. It's kind of like just because you go to McDonald's, you are not a Big Mac. I am sorry. You're absolutely right. And if anyone tells me that they're a Christian, I normally run the other direction. Because if you have to tell me, um, I wouldn't believe you. No. I would want to see it in your life. So and, how old were you then at this time when you had your aha moment and this uh, was the I catalyst? Was that... 43. So I had lived my entire life in literal denial and survival. I didn't know any different. I, had no, I really didn't even think I was abused. I just thought this was how everyone lived. I didn't feel like I was, I knew I was going to die. Um, I didn't think I would live much past 45. I knew I would die. And, and you had three kids. And I had three kids. And you had been together for about 24 years then. Yes. Wow. Mm -hmm. And and so and, how, how did you, you joined groups or you well, said yeah. you became homeless? I mean, well, yeah, I became homeless because I was the homemaker and I didn't make any money. And little did I know, I lived my life thinking, you know, it's not that bad. He's a good man, right? He's a good man trying to convince myself. Well, um, when I left, I, you know, took me off bank accounts, you know, blocked me from the credit card, oh. didn't provide any support. And did you take your three kids with you? Yes. Well, my first daughter was already in college out in um, L.A. Mm. And, it, and so I had the other two with me, and it was amazing. It was the most freeing, liberating thing I had ever done in my life. I kind of like, it, it was just so crazy. I was like skipping through the grocery store, even though you only had $8 in your hand to feed the kids for two weeks. And I applied for, you know, the, the typical welfare type things and was told because of the assets we owned, I didn't qualify for any assistance at all. And did you have a nice lifestyle? Um, yeah. Well, it wasn't, you know, I think it was just average, mm -hmm. you know. But still, you were walking away from that. I mean, it's very terrifying with, to become yeah. homeless. And... I walked away with $40 in my pocket. I <sighs> obviously had not thought this through. Literally $40 in my pocket. You can't see me, but I'm just shaking my head. I mean, I'm, I'm really, I, I give you such credit because that's such a daring move. Some people just stay forever because they're terrified yeah. of doing what you did. Yeah, and to me, it was more terrifying staying because if you think about it, you're going to die either way. Mm -hmm. And um, I have now, had I been able to see then 
where I would be just, you know, two, three years down the road, wow. It, it it would have you know it would have lit the fire underneath me to change. Do and you so have really, communication with your ex husband? No restraining order. Oh Thanks. wow. Okay, you know. so it really it just is a domino effect affected the whole family and right and, and everyone. Yeah. Yeah, and the kids, you know, it was interesting. They don't really have any kind of relationship with him either. The oldest yeah. one does a little bit, but the other two. They just don't like them. And finally, I gave them permission to, you don't have to like people who aren't likable. Yeah. Well, you know, he's, the, he's the loser. Yeah. You know? So tell me, how did you reinvent yourself then? You went from living in your car to <laughs> yeah. developing and writing books. And I mean, did you have any education in that area? Were you, a, you now you're a writer? I wasn't a writer in um Education-wise, like I said, for 23 years, I had devoured self-help books. And, you know, the thing is, a lot oh, of people... Oh, now that's a PhD right there. Right, it is. A lot of people will read stuff, but they will never take the time to actually answer the question. And apply ponder it. Ponder and apply. Yes. And I was a ponder and applier. Mm-hmm. And when I first left, I got connected with an abused women's support group, which... That literally rocked my world, shocked me to death. I had no idea at that point I was abused. I was hearing the story one after another that was just like mine. And they did, um, and it was a, a group trying to keep you alive during this time because normally a person like that will get a little more hostile um, when they are losing control. And for a year I was with that group, and I was determined I would never go back into that kind of relationship. So then I spent another year in kind of a, off and on in a group counseling session, and I still found that I would pick up books um, on self-help type things, and yet all along, I was the catalyst for other people changing. And it, one of the assignments in the Abused Women's Support Group was to journal what was happening because you will literally tell yourself, like I did a million times, it's not that bad. And as soon as you write it down, it's truth on the paper staring at you, and you can't deny it. No. And so my journaling became my first book. and yeah. words, words are very powerful. They are. They are. And if you're not wanting to face something, yeah. write it down. Yeah. Just write down fears, pros, cons, and all of a sudden it becomes more clear. Uh, I often tell people, remove yourself from the situation. Yeah. Pretend it's a friend. Would you tolerate, would, would you, do you think your friend should tolerate that kind of behavior? That's actually great advice, you know, especially even when you're talking to someone about anything, anything they're doing in their life and they're not quite sure, you know, and you ask them, how would you advise someone else? You know, so you can hear yourself. It's just a yeah. very simple exercise. Yeah. So, and, so how did you do your research then? Did you talk to a lot of these other people? I mean, your personal finances are so intertwined in people's relationships. You know, tell us where people go wrong. Well, in the in the financial world, I had the um, it, what is almost seems like it's almost been about twenty years ago. I had this vision of this financial concept because I had was attending financial classes, um, trying to figure out our own finances because I was the one blamed for spending all the money. So I'm trying to figure out how to get one more thing, trying to figure out how to fix that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had this great revelation of if you could marry your, your checkbook to your spending plan, you could visually see and make choices based on the truth instead of this guessing game. And the, when you look at your checkbook balance, it's like looking at a beautiful picture that someone has come in and covered up and cut out a little tiny rectangular slot in the center. Now, your whole life depends on you knowing that picture, and yet 
for some reason you can only see a spot of it. And so free to spend really un- takes that covering back off and says, okay, your balance represents this. It represents your life. And as I began teaching this and sharing it with just anyone who would listen, I found that, you know, it goes deeper than that. You know, the man, the man and woman would be at such great conflict because finance is a huge area of trust. You've heard people say, well, you know, if you're getting married, do not put your checkbooks together. Yeah. And, and I would say, absolutely don't put them together if you don't trust each other. But then, hey, if you don't trust each other, why are you getting married? Yeah, it is a, it's a business partnership. <laughs> yeah, it, it truly is. a. I, I see marriage as a partnership. And do I trust you? Do you have my back? What happens if I hurt you or, mm-hmm. or don't do something you don't like? Mm-hmm. But through the years of teaching this, and I traveled all across the country teaching this free-to-spend thing, I kept finding that I became people's life coaches, talking to them about relationships and communication. Excuse me, but do, so you believe that they should have joint accounts then and not have separate, not have your only, own money? Only, only if they truly have open communication and trust each other. But can't that trust be broken, too, very yeah. easily? With It can. You know, and I Isn't look that at scary, and then you end up. I mean, if some women don't have any money in the bank, and something happens in the marriage, or so, yeah, you know. kind of like, uh, would I have a bad? I, I think I would have a plan B. Yes, I would have a plan B, but my ultimate goal is that we communicate. You know, if, what I saw over and over is um, the woman didn't like how the man spent the money. The man didn't like how the woman spent the money. It causes, uh, you know, it causes irritation, and yet it goes back to. Every issue that we have, it's not personal. It's not really against one another. It's like I have an issue with how you spend money. What am I going to do with it? If I don't talk about it, if we don't find a resolve, I actually am agreeing to separate from you. And this happens in marriages. Mm-hmm. And once I separate from you, that was an actual agreement of mine to separate because I didn't want to deal with this issue. The next issue that comes, well, we're either going to talk about it, come to an agreement, or we're going to separate further. And, you know, each issue compounds, and pretty soon you're two different people and you don't know how to talk about anything. Which, so it's kind of a Susie Orman-type system. Yeah, kind of. Um, you know, I look at Susie, and I think she is so smart. And I never want to be considered like a Susie Orman person more. i just the girl next door. Mm-hmm. I show you how you have options. But I never tell you what options to make because I think you're smart enough to really do what you want to do. And if you have goals in your life, your money will follow the goals in your life. Oftentimes we want to straighten up our money situation and our life is a mess. Yeah. Now, straighten up your life and your money will follow. Have Have you been able to attract the kind of relationships into your life now, you know, based on your system? Is it? Are you in a relationship now or... I currently am not, mm-hmm. um, which made it very easy to relocate to San Diego six months ago. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, oh, so I, this is very fresh then. This only happened to you. You're just out of the marriage. Yeah, I've been divorced just two years. Oh, just two years. Wow. And you've done all this in two years. Incredible. I, I really know. hand it to you. <laughs> and uh, so I, um, I am on, um, you know, I have a, my profile is with a local matchmaker there in L.A., mm-hmm. April Byer, mm-hmm. she's a sweetheart of a gal. And I have a criteria, you know, just because I love so much who I am, 
and I know where I'm going with my life, not just anybody will do. In fact, which is one of the reasons I'm writing my the fourth book called Dating Backwards, and where I talk about you can make out with just about anyone with body parts, but not just anybody makes out to be a good friend or a companion. Oh, no, that's so true. So what you're saying to people is that they need a certain criteria to go by. Right. You know, if you, if you, if you just don't like the person, mm-hmm. don't kiss them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like, what are you thinking? You know, he might, he might be cute or she might be adorable. But you know what? If you just don't like their personality, if you don't like how they interact with other people, just don't even go there. Well, I would hope that people wouldn't. I mean, you know, you're saying many people do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and and part of it is... You're saying that they don't get take time to get to know the person? Is that right? Yeah. 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 They just look beyond. It's just a physical attraction. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like... And um, that's what early relationships are based on, like you getting married at 19. Often that's what happens, you know? The mm -hmm. people that we're dating in our teens and 20s are often not the people... Many people are lucky out there. Don't get me wrong. But, but, you know, we grow, we change, and you don't always grow together when you're that young. No, you don't. And yeah. part of it is the, is the, I think, the foundation of, of what you believe in your faith. And, and if you're both, you know, are, are you both people that like to grow and change? Because mm-hmm. in life, there is no status quo. We don't just go, all right, I've arrived. Because mm-hmm. the moment you think you've arrived, you start going backwards. Nothing in life keeps the same. It would be nice if our bodies stayed the same, but, you know, they just don't. No. So we do something about it. So what are some of the tips and tools in your book to help people to get Um, to this place? The first part is to, in relationships, is to know the red flags, uh, the red flags in dating. And from my website, you can request, just free, you know, request the 38 red flags to avoid in dating relationships. Okay, so give us some red flags, even though I know many myself. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) When you see that train coming, get off the tracks. (laughs) Like, let me see, you know, um, you, uh, he can do it, but you're not allowed to. Red flag. Mm -hmm. Um, Control, control, control. Yeah, control. Um, They're, um, they don't have any other friends but you. Ah, scary, run away. Possessive, possessive, possessive. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, You you know, um, you're kind of thinking, you know, when you look at someone, well, I'm going to take care of her, you know. No, no, you're not going to take care of her. In fact, you know, the things oftentimes, the things that draw you together, what's going to tear you apart? Yeah, Cinderella Um, complex. (laughs) Yeah, and and the, the most interesting is when I teach the 38 red flags, and I have them printed out and I hand them out to people, it's amazing how many they themselves have mm-hmm. that didn't realize, oh, you mean I shouldn't be excessively jealous. No, you shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. You know, you either trust or you don't trust. Yes, and, yes. Um, so they're, I, like I said, Those are great, them, great ones. teaching them in high school, even yeah. kids are like, oh, really? Um, someone who doesn't do what they actually say they're going to do. Yes, you know, actions speak louder than words. Yeah. Someone once said that to me and stayed with me, and it's so true. If you're in a relationship, if if it's the guy who turns up and calls you, you know, or the woman who follows through, you know, if it's a man listening today, it's just it's the, it's the person who really turns up, and their actions mean so much more than their words. Yeah, and you shouldn't ever have to try to convince yourself Mm-mm. that someone is a good person. No. 
And um, no, and I if your friends don't like them, that's another big red flag. Absolutely. If other people, family, friends are telling you. And the key is the dynamics of every relationship changes with the first kiss. So mm-hmm. don't go there until you really know who that person is. And if you know, I look at we can bide we can bide time, we can waste each other's time by being in something that we don't see a future with. Yeah. You know, maybe it's filling the moment, but in reality, in your heart, we are all wired for love. We're yeah. all looking for that companionship, that partner. And even when we try not to look, we're looking. You know, there's just something subconsciously in us looking for that other person. And it, it just enjoy where you are. Love your life and always be focused on, on who you are. And the, the I think the main thing throughout my book was be true to the heart and soul of who you are. Well, that's it. it. You can't go into a relationship and really offer anything if you don't love yourself. Yeah. If you feel that insecure and you're looking to gain things you know, in your life, you know, hoping your partner will wear off on you. You know, yeah. it's got to come from inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, how about a couple of uh, your life coaching tips? That's one of your other books. 50, 50 tips on life coach from a life yeah. coach or something. Give us, yeah, the, share a couple of your great life coaching tips. Um, catch me off guard here. Let me That's see. okay. Because, you know, it was I'm sure funny. you're filled with them. I, I am. My, my sister, in fact, you know, she will send, you know, she's going through whatever issue, and I send her back, you know, life coaching tips. And she's like, you know, I'm going to have to capture every one of your sayings because I could write a book on the sayings of Sharon Nash. And sometimes I wonder, where do they come from? And I love your name. It sounds like a country singer or something. Yeah. You know, Sharon Nash, and, you know. Uh, uh, yeah, I've avoided the question because at the moment nothing's coming. That's I mean, okay. How about I, roll up the windows and lock the car doors if you're living in your car? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and think you know, positively. Just you, the main thing is you create the life that you think about, that you talk about. So take some time to write down what it is that you want. We don't have what we want because we don't even know what we want, and. If anything, you know, like you, I've devoured a zillion positive thinking books over the years because I'm I'm interested and I'm in this field now as a motivational speaker. And, you know, that is the reoccurring theme in every single book. It's your thoughts, choose your actions. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's controlling and our subconscious mind. I've done a lot of study on that. And if we were to leave people with one thing today, that's really it that, you know, we all get into these negative moods and and, um, you know, none of us would ever know how to how to go forward if we hadn't experienced some sort of adversity. But like what you're saying today, adversity can act as a catalyst for growth. Yeah. You know, yeah. we put ourselves in the stress zone. Absolutely. So, and as you're, as you're speaking, I, you know, a couple of things that I had thought about is anytime you um, come across someone that you think is amazing, absolutely, like amazing and like they know everything. And if they actually act like they're amazing and know everything, I give you permission to just run away right then. (laughs) Um, Because no one has life totally together. We are either all, you know, coming out of a trial, Mm -hmm. going into a trial, or we're in a trial. (laughs) Yeah, and and, and possibly the person isn't that sensitive then either if they're not really, you know, they're not that real. And unfortunately, the more shallow people that you meet, it just simply means they haven't had the opportunity and the blessing to be, you know, face some really tough obstacles. Yeah. Because life isn't, to me, I don't see life as good or bad. You know, no matter what, no matter what it is, I don't see it as good or bad. Life just is life. And it was it good that, you know, this instance happened or this instance, well, without this, 
I wouldn't be here. You know, I I, I looked at life was, it, it's getting me to where I need to be. And oh, that's great. And it sounds like you're in a great place. And Sharon, I hate to cut you off, but we're, we've run out of time because Alrighty. you and I could go on forever. I know, I know. I, I want I'm to definitely going to have to visit you. <laughs> no, you will, I hope. Absolutely. We're not too far away, San Diego to Los Angeles. But I want to take a quick moment so you can give people your website, tell them where they can find your books. And is anything on audio? Um, not yet. I'm actually working on putting my second book as an audio book. Okay, terrific. So just give us your website. Okay. My website is my name, SharonLNash.com, and it's S-H-A-R-O-N, the letter L, Nash, N-A-S-H.com. And on my website, uh, you'll find my books. You can get them from Amazon, anywhere you Google. Because I teach finances, I will always tell you, buy them wherever they're the cheapest. You know, of course, if you want an autographed copy, you know, contact me. We'll we'll hook you up with that. That's terrific. Well, all this valuable information for people listening, because we all have to deal with finances and we all want love and they're intertwined. So thank you so much, Sharon. I I think you're incredible. You You have a total Tony Robbins story, you know, from, uh, you know, the inside of living in your car to now being a successful author and speaker. So I, I wish you all the best and thank you so much for joining us today. All right. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. You've been listening to Kristen McDonald for Second Vision. My guest today, Sharon Nash, author of Sex and Money, Live the Life That You Choose. And remember, with positive thinking, you can live the life that you choose. Thanks for tuning in today. And if you'd like to live life with your three best attitudes on a consistent basis, go to Amazon, please, and check out my new journal, my interactive journal, Second Vision. And I want to thank Richard Burton for making this show happen every week. My wonderful engineer. God bless.